Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 169. Security news. Multiple governments have now blacklisted Huawei, which Huawei seems very confused by. Best explanation I've heard for why this move makes sense for Western countries came from Rob Joyce of NSA. Basically said that just like Kaspersky in Russia, the reason you can't trust Huawei is that it's a Chinese company. And even if they've not already been infiltrated by the Chinese government, they can be at any moment without anyone knowing that it happened. And there's nothing that Huawei or anyone else could do to stop it. And I think this is a really strong argument. Two thirds of Android antivirus apps are hot garbage. They evidently don't even find problems at all. Some don't even do a scan. It's just complete uh, theater. DARPA is building an open source secure voting system. That's their goal anyway. It, I'm skeptical of being able to tr build truly secure systems, but I've got lots of confidence in DARPA itself. And I also know the bar for improvement over the current state is quite low. So I guess uh, go forth and prosper. The RAND think tank conducts war games between the U.S. and its potential enemies like Russia and China. And one analyst there uh, said that we keep losing. And the issue seems to be that our key advantages can be neutralized rather easily. And it take quite a bit of money to fix the biggest issues. I think they said something like $20 billion a year. The FBI has charged multiple wealthy parents and some celebrities with bribing top colleges to get their kids in despite them not having good grades. It's interesting until you think about it. What's the real story with millionaires paying for advantages for their kids? Uh, most kids who make, uh, you know, who get into these elite schools had another type of advantage as well, namely great genes, great parents, luck, strong work ethic, which uh, these also came from their DNA and their environment, which, you know, they didn't create either of those. So, the, those are things that less fortunate people don't have. And so they don't get to go to those colleges. Advantage comes in many forms and bribery is simply a more explicit and crude display of it. But whether you're bribing admissions people, you're doing tiger parenting or donating a building to the campus, either way, you're wielding some form of advantage. We should obviously discourage bribery and as a reader pointed out, it, it's also illegal. So yeah, let's discourage illegal things. But don't think that's the only form of influence available to the rich and powerful. These institutions are already full of their children who got there in other ways. The Navy says it's under siege by Chinese and other state-level actors that are stealing military secrets from the Navy itself, from its contractors, and even from universities working on Navy projects. As I tried to make clear in this piece, it's, it isn't a large number of individual attacks. 
It's a campaign to strategically gain superiority over us by stealing our technology. More people need to understand this message. Researchers say that hacking 10% of vehicles in a city could cause a slowdown. I'm really unimpressed by this. You, You could do the same thing without hacking anything, and it would be quite easy, right? You could set up set off a couple of IEDs that cause a panic, or you could just drive a number of regular cars right into the center of traffic or right into key choke points. Just get out of the cars and walk away and take, you know, take the keys with you. Um, you could do, you could do like IEDs against the, the street itself and just create like giant holes in the street. So cars can't drive over them. Um, Point is, there's lots of different ways to disrupt society that are possible, but don't usually happen. The trouble with evaluating new risks versus old ones is assuming that the new risk will show itself with some significant frequency when we know that similar and existing incidents are extremely rare. This doesn't mean we should ignore these issues, but we need to ask ourselves why there isn't more disruption today using existing techniques. One thing I've always thought about here was, uh, someone throwing big rocks off of the top of overpasses. You know, there's got to be tens of thousands of these overpasses or maybe more. And it would be massively scary and disruptive to just throw heavy things, to just drop heavy things off of them. I actually heard of this happening a week or two ago. And it does happen from time to time, but it doesn't happen nearly as often as it could happen right? If someone merely had the will to do it. And this is kind of my point here. The answer is that the number of people with the means, a reason, and the willingness to face consequences tends to be quite small. It's those variables we want to watch when calculating these types of risks, whether they're new or old. Eco Party is coming to Los Angeles in June of this year. It's a super cool technical conference that's normally held in Argentina, but this year it'll be in LA. Russia has banned disrespect of the government and I think also fake news. Um, But yeah, no more disrespect allowed. And now it's on paper. I'm glad they at least made it official. Advisories, Cisco and WinRAR and exposures, uh, some companies, uh, doing box misconfigurations, basically leaving folders out there in the public. Technology news, F5 has purchased Nginx for around 670 million. Got a short primer here on TikTok, which I downloaded and played with last night. It was really interesting. And uh, it's a New York Times. It gives you an example or um, explanation of why you should go check it out and how, how it's really quite different from other apps. Uh, basically, they're doing full AI curation. They're not really focusing so much on what, um, how you build your feed. They're just showing you by brute force things that you'll find interesting, and people are absolutely loving it. Waymo is finally letting people from their secretive beta test program talk about their experience, and the comments are quite interesting. I love how this woman in the article started off a very as a very skeptical person and now trust the AI, which she calls a robot, uh, more than humans. She was talking about how she took an Uber recently and the person was texting 
and driving crazy, which is not something that a, a robot is going to do. And this, this is exactly what I see happening. I, I think people will slowly realize that humans are just really bad drivers and they, they won't want a human to be driving them, but it's going to take some time because, uh, the, the risk of robots getting confused or being taken over compared to the risk of dumb and distracted humans, that's going to take a while to overcome because again, it's a new risk. So people overemphasize it. But once, uh, once that switch happens, I, I think it's going to swing things massively. The, the biggest thing that people are talking about with autonomous cars is the fact that you don't have to park it. It just leaves and goes and picks someone else up um, and goes about its, its day and then maybe leaves the city altogether to go get recharged, right? So it's not in the way. It's not on the curb. It's not filling up parking lots. So there's places for other things. Uh, I would say retail, but that won't be there. M more places for esports arenas is what I'm hearing. The proposed federal budget includes a $1 billion cut to the National Science Foundation. Just not what I wanted to hear. Human news. Scientists have restored sight to mice by inserting a single gene for a green light receptor. So like a month after they do this, they were navigating the same as mice with normal vision. Norway has become the first country to ban deforestation. California is finally out of its drought condition after seven years. The primary response to metal music is evidently joy and empowerment, which I could have told you, um, and not a preference towards violence. I've had a couple of friends, um, my friend Will at work, um, also mentioned this. That metal people are the nicest people. Uh, he said the worst people, because he, he worked in business or in music, the worst people are like the John Mayer types who are all soft and sentimental and, and write ballads. They're like the worst humans, evidently, according to him. Um, and the nicest people are like the death metal people who are just wear black and have long hair and just growl at, at a microphone. And this sounds right to me. As it turns out, the planet that's you, this is completely crazy. The planet that's usually closest to the earth and also the planet that's usually closest to all the other planets is Mercury. I heard this and I'm like, okay, that's wrong. This is a typo or a dumb reporter or something. Um, it, it really surprised me, but it makes complete sense once you hear it. Basically, most planets orbit far away from the sun, right? Millions upon millions of miles away from the sun, right? We're 92 million miles or so. Uh, which means they spend lots of time far, far away from any given planet. But Mercury stays extremely close to the sun. And since all planets orbit the sun, they're usually closer to the sun and Mercury than other planets. It's counterintuitive, but simple once you think about it. Ideas, trends, and analysis. The Bifurcation of Elite Education, this uh, essay I just wrote last night, I think the education racket is rotting and that it'll soon be replaced by its two separate components, which are education and status.
The Need for Post-Capitalism. It's another essay I wrote this weekend or end of last week, something. Does Prosperity Trigger Calls for Socialism? This was related to that same con concept of what comes after capitalism. Status as a Service. This is a cool essay that I found. And Disagree and Commit. These are three words that evidently um, Jeff Bezos really likes. The idea that you can disagree with something, but if you get overridden by your team or other people that you really respect, you just basically say to the room, I disagree and commit to doing this thing. So you don't leave it in this ambiguous, eh, I don't know, I don't really like it sort of state. You basically say, all right, well, I, I don't like this direction, but you all like it. So I like it now too. So I'm committing to making this successful because I trust you. Right? So the three words, disagree and commit. Discovery, 30 sales decks from the most successful startups. These are like the initial sales decks from like, you know, Stripe and Square and Airbnb and all these different companies. Super cool to click through and just check these out. A better alternative to RM on Mac OS. Um, MV switch T to trash. So you're moving to the trash as opposed to deleting with uh, Unix power. AWS ground station is a fully managed satellite ground station as a service. My friend Ryan O'Horo said on Twitter, imagine finding one of these keys in a security assessment. How do you test it? Uh, drop the satellite in orbit. Don't do that. Just kidding. But, um, yeah, it's a crazy idea. It's like as the services get more powerful on Amazon, finding the keys hanging out in random places gets more and more uh, dangerous. Risk Recon is now doing third and fourth party risk monitoring. This is absolutely heating up this whole supply chain thing. Saw a bunch of stuff on it um, at RSA and NSA was talking about it. They have a program around it. Uh, I'm glad it's getting a lot of attention. And Scott Helm has released his Alexa top 1 million security analysis for the year. He looks at like headers and CSP and like uh, uh, all, all types of different uh, security controls that can exist on a website, you know, tiers of TLS and stuff like that. Pretty cool stuff. Notes, my Grammarly plugin is working again. So hopefully fewer typos in the newsletter. Sorry about when that happens. Uh, deeply goes against what I stand for to have typos and grammar errors. Really, really upsets me when I see it. In fact, I hate to read the thing. I often find them while I'm doing this podcast, right? While I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the text and I'm like, oh man, that was, that's, you know, the grammar's wrong there. Oh wow. Four typos. That's unacceptable. But uh, the only thing that overrides the aversion to the typos is the desire to actually get this thing out to people right? You know, people uh, are starting to rely on it to some degree. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too careful because then it'll be Wednesday or Thursday and it'll be like, oh, I guess I'll skip one. And it just doesn't happen. So sorry about when it does happen. I, I try to keep it to a minimum. Uh, just read a couple of books on evolutionary psychology, specifically around mating strategies for various types of animal. It's really fascinating stuff. 
Uh, I first got onto this by reading uh, Spent, which is a book you absolutely need to check out, and The Red Queen, which is about this this exact topic. Tons of stuff in there just really, really amazed me. Um, and I've, I've kind of been enthralled with this topic ever since. I think what I'm reading next is actually Tolstoy. Um, I, I started War and Peace, but I think I'm going to switch to the, um, I can't pronounce it, Anna Karenina. Kur- I, I, I'm not sure what the last part of that word is, but the Anna uh, K book, which evidently is his most famous book. It's considered one of the best novels in the world ever. Um, and he considered his best work. So I think I'm going to start there instead. Recommendation for the week. If you're not using Feedly, it's my recommended RSS reader and my primary method of collecting information for the show. So uh, I do recommend that you look into Feedly if you're at all into RSS and RSS is still really, really good. So I, I, I would suggest you get back into it if, if you've stopped. And aphorism for the week, for a man to achieve all that is demanded of him, he must regard himself as greater than he is. For a man to achieve all that is demanded of him, he must regard himself as greater than he is. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter, so you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd-numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. I'll see you next time. Thank you.